Welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead horse 1d6 damage at a time. Hell yeah, original intro, classic. On today's episode, we discuss Marauder 2107, a game about animes doing vague, nebulous things in a painfully overdefined post-apocalyptic future. There's also Giant Robot, just just the one, on, on System Mastery. Welcome to System Mastery. I mean, back to it. I mean, we're back from the music sting. You know what I mean. Hi, John. How are you? Ooh, I'm all right. You doing good? Uh, You doing all right? I'm all right. Okay. Are you mad that I made you put away your fancy pachinko? Yeah, my very fancy pachinko. That's my favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah, John has some old game where... You shoot a thousand balls at once at like a bunch of gray rocks. <laughs> you just shoot a thousand balls. Uh-huh. That's my favorite game is to just shoot a thousand balls. Yeah, Line them up. Usually it's the RoboCop game on the Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, you shoot a thousand dicks and balls. <laughs> a thousand dicks and balls. Yeah. And then at the end, the dude falls out the window and his arms get too long. <laughs> too long. Too, you ever watch that shot? That yeah, dude falling out the window? You can watch RoboCop, of course. Of course I've seen and RoboCop. And then it, like, his arms get all hilarious looking. Yeah. Yeah. It's my favorite part of that movie. <laughs> my least favorite part of that movie is the dude who gets covered with toxic waste and then comes out going, help me, because that, that freaked me out when I was a kid. Yeah, and then he gets splattered. He gets all gooped gets up on a window, <laughs> and it's going to take forever to get all that shit off the car. Of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the car blows up or something. So oh, does the car it it blow long. up after that? Okay, I'm sorry. Well, I don't know. Maybe I it, mean, it's it, for Hoven. I assume the car blows up. Yeah, probably. Probably. I'd probably hit some dude in the kneecap. <laughs> ah, and then a tit is there. A tit. <laughs> There's a tit there. Also a tit. So anyway, uh, this is a fun rambly way to avoid talking about today's extremely slim volume of a game. Marauder 2107, 1994's <laughs> own anime bad times. I mean, you look at the cover of this... And it really looks like this motherfucker's like, I want to make Bubblegum Crisis. Yeah, or the- Mobile Police Pat Labor or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, I get where you're coming from. I understand the baseline of what you are trying to make for this game from the cover. Yeah, you got a robo uh, with the, those definite hanging out arms. Uh, the, ki- the kind of robo where you can see the person's arms stick- sticking out the front like little baby arms. Like the robo is carrying them like they're in a baby Bjorn. Well, I mean, that's what it actually is. You can't see that on the cover, though. Oh, well, you sure you can. That's what those are. You see the big yellow guys on there? Looks like Shocker's arms from Spider-Man. <laughs> That's anyway. Uh, okay, so in addition to the, most of a Robo, because it's just weirdly cut out, like huge chunks of the Robo are missing, and it's it's an artistic choice that makes zero sense. You also have a lady in a lot of zippers outfit with very obvious nipples. She looks like she's wearing a a wetsuit with pockets and and shoulder pads. Dude, who doesn't want a wetsuit with pockets and shoulder pads? Me. Wetsuits are fucking hot. I don't go swimming enough to need that. Yeah, well, you got to go into the cold, cold water. Yeah, it's true, except I don't. I very rarely have to do that. I know. Yeah. Anyway, she's carrying one of those vaguely shitty-looking futuristic tube guns, and she's got Rambo hair. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she's very clearly the, like, I am the police protagonist of whatever this anime is. Yeah, except she doesn't have any kind of identifying you know, insignias or anything. It's weird, though, because I feel like the shorthand for I'm a police protagonist really works in this. Because when I first looked at this cover, I was like, oh, this is obviously a police protagonist, and yet 
like you say, there is nothing on here to say that. She looks like someone. She was drawn by someone who grew up on a steady diet of Liefeld, and that's about it. That, like she's got pouches where pouches should not be. She's standing on on her tiptoes for no good reason. Nah, nah. This is just straight anime. If this was Liefeld, she would be. It's a little bit of both. She would be way bustier, and you'd have way more. You'd have like thigh pouches instead of just a pouch. So this book opens with uh. Oh, gosh, 20 pages of description about what happened to the planet after the year 1994. Yeah. Uh, and it's boring, and it's just your standard timeline of post-apocalyptic garbage scenario. So, I mean, the end game that they really want to get to is a weird post-apocalyptic Japan. Yes. But they have to talk about, like, every step of the way that got you there yeah so it's you know it's one of those you've seen this in other rpgs in 2044 the u.s declared a grain embargo that caused russia to ally with china creating the great communist confederate neither of those countries were communists by the time you were writing this book (laughs) and at that time the american state decided to uh, join up with south america and canada to form the great american confederacies that would never happen i'm sorry yeah it's stop it it's but, uh, and it just goes on like that forever until eventually everyone nukes each other, except in Japan, where there was someone decided to build an arcology out of a forest. Well, the, I mean, the basic thing is, like, we, after global warming and fucking ourselves over enough, mm-hmm. like, everyone gets real angry, and they, at one point, like, Pretty much just America shoots nukes at everyone. Well, yeah, because I forget who it is who fires nukes first. It's not America, but the American president's like, fuck it, if we're about to die, we're taking everyone with us. Oh, yeah. Well, it was basically like they were going to lose in more of an economic and, like, uh, food way. Yeah. Like, they were just getting fucked over in other ways, so they were like, oh, fuck this. If our country is going to fail, we will nuke literally everyone else here it is new russia unsatisfied with his current economic situation uh, attacks a weakening china in 2091 okay sure uh, new russia uh, targets the fall fo- or sorry china nukes the following new russian sites moscow paris and belgium oh yeah uh, because russia took over basically europe yes uh, so China then engage or, or new russia then engages china on a nuclear level uh, this is all happening uh, every every other country's blowing up, and the, the U.S. president at the time, a guy named President Montgomery, decides he wasn't allowed to uh, going to allow a complete takeover of the land he swore to protect, and pressed the nuclear button. So, did he launch a nuclear attack? Or did he just press a nuclear button? Like oh, the, he the pressed is, a button that was indeed radioactive. The button was nuclear powered. Like yeah. this button, it, it all it does is summon a diet coke, but it's it, it's connected to a nuclear power plant. Uh. yeah. Uh, but no, he, he, so at this point the earth is nuked and then we jump to the next chapter, which is what was going on in Japan all this time that we didn't talk about for some reason. And it's uh, someone built an arcology to protect against global warming and stupid wars. And then they kept the doors closed for 400 years. And then by the time they opened it, everyone inside had reverted to neo-feudalism and there was a high Lord and shit because fucking everyone's racist about how Japanese people would treat the future. I mean, I'm going to say this, at least there aren't like samurai no it's not that like the new shogunate running around no it is definitely much more neo tokyo and then like the yakuza has towns yeah the yakuza has some cities and also the i mean the first words in that chapter are what is it uh new lord community shining light city hikarishi the new lord kunihiro tabuchi soon embarked on an ambitious blah 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 uh it, basically it's it immediately is like this dude's the the feudal daimyo lord which is kind of, eh, I mean, 
But it doesn't say that. No, but it might as well. He just sets himself up as the lord of his own town, because yeah. pretty much what happens is some nukes fall, everything gets fucked up, and three things happen that are like your major bits in Japan. So one, we have the arcology that like opens its doors afterwards and goes, hey, uh, looks like this continent's all fucked up, but we're cool. Mm-hmm. So they're the like bright, shining light of what humanity still could be, except when you read the description of it, it's all corrupt and shitty, but whatever. Yeah, sure. It's all punks and rob- cops and robbers. And the cops are all just killing everyone for no reason. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the Yakuza stuff, because after the apocalypse and all the like uh, cities started to crumble and everyone got all fucked up, the Yakuza were like the only ones with the manpower and wherewithal to be like, all right, I'm going to set up new towns. Yeah. So the first one is set up by some Yakuza lord. He goes, look, this is Shining Light City. I'm setting up the new world order here for Japan, and I've got all my dudes, and we've got our own personal army and whatnot, and so... We've got the whole city behind us. Yo, where you at? Yeah, if it if you weren't part of the arcology, then you're like, oh, if I'm going to survive out here, I'm probably going to have to live in one of these Yakuza cities. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is... There's weird mutants. Oh, no, there aren't weird mutants, John. There's just a band from the early 90s running around. Oh, yeah, the Breeders. Yeah, the Breeders are running around. Yeah. Singing Cannonball to everyone as, as loud as they can. As loud as they can. Yeah, that's the, that's what... So the Breeders are the monsters of this setting, although damned if you're really supposed to encounter them, as far as I can tell, because every description after the part about what's going on with the Breeders is, meanwhile, some punk decides to rape a lady in an alley, and then he's brutally murdered by a cop who says something cool, and that's the rest of the book. Like... All of the, there are, a, there's quotes on every page of this book. One quarter of every page in this entire book is dedicated to a quote from some cop or something, and it takes up a tiny chunk of that quarter. There's, there's a huge sidebar with a little shitty quote on every page. Yeah, and it's basically like, generally one of four people. There's a bounty hunter guy that goes around and is there to tell you about how he killed some guy and he was so badass when he did it. Mm-hmm. There's... Someone that's part of the, like, tactics division of the police in the new arcology. Yeah, which, let's go ahead and say what the name of that tactics division is, shall we? Oh, it's Tad. Oh, that's Tad. I'm sorry. I'm mixing it up with E-SWAT. Oh, yeah, there's E-SWAT. So Tad is the regular tax. That's just regular cops. Well, that's that's the high-end cops. E-SWAT is, is uh, SWAT, you know, special weapons and tactics, but they added an E in front of it. The E stands for extra Yep. They're more special than regular SWAT. (laughs) They're extra special weapons and tactics, which if it was, oh yeah, we're the guys that get to have like the robot suit or we're the SWAT team that deals with cybernetics or something and you have regular SWAT and then you also have Mm E-SWAT, I would be okay with it, but it's it's just just E-SWAT. It's just SWAT. That's the only one you have. They should have called it SWAT, GJ. So it could be SWAT. Good job. Because that's that's the level that adding an extra in front of it does to assuage the egos of these dipshits. Oh yeah. Uh, the other three, two people you find in there are a lady cop and a cop who has a pet robo dog. Who he goes on about at length as if it's the narrator of a Heathcliff car- uh, cartoon strip, where he's just like that dog loves to eat criminals. It was so weird because. I mean, he's not one of the ones that shows up all over the book, like Miles, whatever the bounty hunter that's no. on fucking every other page. But he gets like. 10 in a row yeah, of his a, quotes. It's a whole section in a row of him describing his electronic bulldog, Renee. Yeah, I found a dog. 
the dog like helped me catch a guy. Then he became my partner. Then he got all fucked up. Then he, t- I turned him into a cyborg, and now he's my cool cyborg dog. Yeah, and if there was even one quote in the whole book I'd be willing to read, it would be the one that's like, Renee isn't so much of a police dog, more like a cyber mutt with attitude. Oh, yeah. Thanks, well, I mean, Colin it's, Dentry. It's 94. With you had Power Rangers and Sonic the Hedgehog. Everything was attitude. Yeah, I was still fine at the time to say things like with attitude at the end of things. Uh, much like how I think at that point from hell still flew <laughs> or on crack. The, the things oh, yeah. you could add to something to say, it's like this, but more. Exactly. Yeah. So this Ninja Turtle is like a regular Ninja Turtle, but with attitude on crack and from hell. <laughs> Oh, no. A demon addict turtle. <laughs> Someone call Mario. <laughs> the uh, I think fans who have listened for a while and remember back to the Haven City of Violence will enjoy the fact that there are not one, but two versions of the blam, 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 freeze police in this. Yeah, where they, go, where they don't put the uh, onomatopoeia of the, of the gunshot noises into their own separate quote. So it's just like, knock, knock, who's there? Blam, 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 the police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just the, the, having a quote that is blam, 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 blam. Open up, police. I'm like, please don't. Please don't have that be the quote. I like the idea that the quote, the cop is standing outside the door saying that stuff. Oh, yeah. It's still so good. All huff and all puff and all blam, 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 your house down. Whoa, black, bam, blam, whoa, black, bam, blam. So. Damn cop showed up, bam, blam. Blam down my door, blam, blam. Then he had a dog. Blam, blam, blam. Yeah, this is going to go on a while. Ate my leg. Blam, blam, blam. I love also the fact that there's no cybernetics for dogs anywhere in this book. Nope. Which suggests that all he did was take a regular dog who had lost its legs and just attach cybernetic human arms and legs to it. So it was kind of scampering around like a crawling baby as fast as it could. I like to imagine that he replaced all four of its legs with human with hu- hands. With human hands. <laughs> and so it's just run around real creepy style. <laughs> like it pounces on you and just grabs you with hands. Man, if a dog came after me with a spider legs made of robot human arms, my first thought would not be to describe it as having attitude. No, I would. my first thought would be to shit my pants. <laughs> and then my second thought is, well, I've had a good run. <laughs> That's the end of me. Well, well, I guess the devil finally decided to collect. Oh, no, hold on. It's fine. They also replaced the dog's teeth with human hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving me a massage to death. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we really had to set the tone of what this book is like, because it's edgy as fuck. Yeah, well, the problem is, he wants all the quotes and everything people say to be like, I was out in the wilderness, and I found a breeder camp, and I fucking blew him up. They never knew it was coming, but I'm a cool bounty hunter. Yeah. But then when you read, like, the guy who wrote it, actual text, he's just going on and on at length about, like, oh, well... Uh, you see, normally people would normally do uh, armor value based on arbitrary means. Well, we can't have that, no. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of his things are like, obviously, the most common sense solution, even for a real-world application of measuring armor penetration ratings, would be to take the millimeter established derived value of it and then multiply that by the absolute value. And you're just like, oh, my God, I'm falling. Your book's like 50 pages long. You can't cram this much snoot and edge into one book. Yeah, it's... <laughs> The amount of times where he's like, well, obviously, if we want to have a realistic system, I'll do this. And then he doesn't take it to 
a point that's realistic. He just decided this was where realism stopped for him. Yeah, and, and he was done. We, basically, the whole book is full of bad faith rules. It's either bad faith rules for the rules or false dichotomies for the things the police say. Because every th- time he qu- quotes a policeman, it's like, you can either get beat up now or I'll shoot you in the head now. Either way, I'm going to shoot you in the head. It's like, stop it. Stop with those. There's like four of those. Either you come with me and I beat you up or I beat you up when you try to run. And you're like, okay. Either way, you get beat up. And say, like, right, yeah, no, I gathered that. I, Good, I, I heard you. the two options. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so there are so many of that t- specific type of threat in this book. It's hilarious. Yeah. The, uh, the actual character generation has... You have your six stats that are basically D&D stats, except we replaced... Uh, wisdom with willpower and charisma. charisma with appearance. Which then immediately after that, okay, so they change charisma to appearance, and then you, you read the description of appearance, it's charisma. Oh, yeah, because you get to appearance, <laughs> and it's like, this doesn't just represent how you look, but uh, your presence and charisma. And I'm like, well, what the fuck are you doing then? <laughs> Call it one of those. Jesus. Appearance has a specific meaning. Ugh, God damn it. <laughs> so... And that's going to happen a few times. He also, early on in the book, says that if you speak during your action, that's called soliloquy. Oh, yeah. Like, the act of speaking is soliloquy. And he's like, because that's what that means. Soliloquy is the act of speaking. And I was like, no, it's the act of speaking uninterrupted. Oh, I mean, just even in the description of appearance, it's players heavy in the use of soliloquy and role-playing. I'm like, shut up. I get it. He's He basically, it's trying... He's pulling a niggardly, if if you will. He basically is saying soliloquy there so the people who are reading the books will challenge him and be like, that's not what soliloquy means. It's like when Shakespeare wrote a poem or something. And they'll be like, no, the actual technical definition is just speaking. Ugh. Yeah, okay, but you know what's a nice short word that means speaking? Speaking. Yeah. Also, he just starts using soliloquy in places that it doesn't actually mean. Yeah. Like, he'll use it in having a conversation with someone. I'm like, that's not... Yeah, he's like, soliloquy is super important when you're using the barter action. Like, no. No, it isn't. (laughs) No, because soliloquy is just talking uninterrupted. If you're bartering and you're not interrupted, that's not a barter. That's just you yelling at a merchant. That's you asking to speak to the manager. It could be a mute merchant, and he's just responding by waving his arms frantically, and you're like ignoring that and blowing past him like an asshole. (laughs) I mean, I guess it could be that. Uh, so you have six stats. All of them range from one to ten for an or- for an ordinary human. They can get slightly higher if you have machine assistance like cyber arms, or uh, if you have a robot suit, something like that. They ca- there's no other way for them to get higher, which is except for being a monster, yeah. which you cannot be. No, uh, there's so- a lot of stuff presented in this that they're like, oh well, here's rules for whatever. You can't do this, by the way. There's so much of that, like. The number of actions you get per round, you can either have two actions per round or three actions per round, but the chart goes up to six because the, the agility that determines it goes up to like 58, which there is no way to get to. Oh, no. Even the weird monsters in this aren't going to get even halfway to that. Yeah, it's it's like uh, it feels like they were trying to write like a system that they maybe they come back to and maybe, we'll use this to write a superhero game later or something. Uh, okay, so the stats go from one to ten. Uh, you get 100 points to build a character in this game. You use that to purchase stats and skills. You also get some money. You randomly roll for your money. It is not connected to your points. And you use that to buy everything in the game that matters. Guns or cybernetics. The only options there are. Uh, 
Well, I mean, there are a motherfuck ton of options. They have pages and pages of, like, here are clothes. Here's a little, like, widget you'd have. Well, no, I mean, like, in terms of how to actually interact with the fact that the game is a glorified cops and robbers simulator, you need some way to punch bad guys or shoot them. And the only option, you can't be a wizard in this game or a thief. Well, no. There's no classes in this. It's yeah. all point by. It's, all, it's, it's either you're a shoot guy with cybernetics or you're a shoot guy without cybernetics. And hey, those are your options. You might be a melee guy. I guess you could be a sword guy. Hell yeah. Because swords go up to that class one attack, which is the best. Yeah. Uh, so you get 100 points to spend on stats and skills. Stats cost one point each up to five and two points each after that. Yep. And then skills are based on what the skill is. Yeah. So different skills will be like, this costs two points per point, or this costs three, or whatever it happens to be. <laughs> and oddly enough, skills don't just include things like, Oh, I have skills in uh, agility, athletics, and I've got skills in intelligence, medicine, or whatever. It also has like feats. Yeah, it's got it's got powers baked into the skill system. So there are things they're not good. Don't let's not let's not kid ourselves. There's stuff like you can reload your gun a little faster. Oh yeah, I mean it's all things like you're a little faster on the draw. You, if someone draws a gun on you, you have a draw a draw gun on them. Yeah, great. So those, you spent points on those. This. Just have a base point value, and you can't increase them exponentially or, or over time like you will with a skill. Yeah. Now, the but those are real expensive though, because mm -hmm. like if you want ambidexterity, it's eight points. Yeah. Keep in mind that just putting your agility to to uh, ten would cost you what fifteen points. Yeah. So just skip that and screw it. Oh yeah. Because all it's going to do is, oh, if I have a non-favored hand, I've got a minus two penalty. Well, then who gives a shit? I'll just up my uh, agility to as high as it goes and take the minus two. Yeah. So, okay. The skills in this game are boring. There's too many of them. And also, much of what we were talking about earlier where this guy has a habit of kind of talking as if he's explaining the entire world to us, most of the skills are painfully over-explained. Well, yeah. I mean... You get things like acting. All right, I know what acting is. No, you don't. I need two paragraphs to tell you what acting means in mm -hmm. this. And that is for pretty much everything. Yeah, like, unless it's fucking more. Fucking climbing has an entire column of a page dedicated yeah. to it. Same thing with weapon design, which is so slow as to be pointless. Like, if you want a weapon to do one point of damage, it's three weeks per one point of damage you would like that weapon to do. Jesus Christ. Now... As you know, John, I'm a huge fan of talking about the seduction mechanics in Oh, games. I know. It's been a while since we've actually had a game that even had something to talk about. We've been kind of dancing in the era of either games that are too old to even have skill systems or games that are too new to make this mistake. But this game... Oh, it falls right in that sweet spot of design where they were like, I need to include about 90 skills with this, and at some point I'm going to have to put in seduction because it's one of the skills I can think of. And let me tell you, they did it wrong in a variety of ways. <laughs> Man... It was so weird. It was like they were trying so it's hard. It's like they could sense they were power diving and they tried to pull up. But Lord knows the one thing you can't do when you're editing a book and you need to fix something is press backspace. Yeah. Oh, Maybe not in the 92 it. version of Quark Express that was written in. It's, it's so weird. Because, okay. I mean, you go ahead and explain it. It's your fucking bit. <laughs> it's my bit. I'll take it. That's fine. Seduction. I'm just going to read the first sentence because I think this, first of all, this is wordy and it feels like it should be read out loud. Seduction is the art of enticing a member of the opposite gender so that both parties may indulge in sexual intercourse with one another. Yep, that's right. Seduction 
is only about fucking. It is you can't only seduce used... someone for any other reason. Yeah, you can't seduce them so they'll like you enough to let you into a room or something. It's specifically so that they'll bone the other party. It's both parties may bone. Oh, yeah. Well, you can't even do it like, oh, I'm going to seduce you into like, kissing me. Nope. Yeah. No. Only sex. Only sex. Only so that you can enjoy uh, having sex with each other. Indulge in Indulge. sexual intercourse. Now, okay, that's that's pretty overwrought, and it immediately fails the gender test, because it only works on the opposite gender, apparently. Uh, but let's keep going, shall we? Now, the next thing is a little bit of a rules about how it works. But after that, if the character successfully makes their skill roll, even after applying the modifiers, they've technically seduced the party in question. By the way, technically seduced is the best kind of seduced. They've technically seduced. Technically seduced is what nice guys say on like YouTube long rants these days. <laughs> I technically seduced her. Why wouldn't she fuck me? <laughs> uh, okay, but the thing is, this is actually me being snarky about a part that's pretty good. Because it's like, hey... uh, if you seduce someone with your role, that doesn't mean you seduce them. They may grow. Oh, yeah, because it even says right after, yeah. why technically? Yeah, because they may hate you or be completely disinclined to fuck a person like you. And therefore, if that happens, you just d disregard the role entirely and don't keep pushing forward. Good modern design. It's fine. It's just stuck onto that first piece like, like a smart little cancer. Now, let's close this bad boy out. Hmm. Note, the art of seduction isn't limited to usage upon members of the opposite sex. Yes, it is. That was what the first sentence that was, was. Literally, the first thing you said about this. <laughs> Why did you have to go back on it in a note instead of just being like, "Oh, hold on, let me edit that." Well, maybe John, because it's only limited to use on the opposite gender, not the opposite sex. Oh, of course, we've got to get into sex versus gender theory now. Apparently, because he used both words in opposite meanings in the same paragraph. Hooray! Also, <laughs> I love that he wanted to make this inclusive and also non-coercive so you know points to him for at least attempting to in 19 fucking 94 be like okay i don't want you to be able to use this to rape people and also you can use this even if you're a gay beau and it's, i'm like yeah. all right for 94 that's pretty good but what that means is at the end of the day the seduction skill only allows you to fuck people that want to fuck you <laughs> Yes, that's all it does. And they want to fuck you anyway. Yeah, it but doesn't... they just love me because they know that I can fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's got the tone with between the, this only works on members of the opposite gender. Note, this doesn't need to be used on members of the opposite gender. That that was the only language construct he could think of. It's like he copy and pasted the seduction rule from something else and then went, oh, well, that's no good. But I can't change it because that's the language I have. It could just be you could seduce a person, but then people wouldn't understand my my inclinations towards gay people. Because, you know, I'm like a person who's homosexual, but for women? I don't know what you'd call that. <laughs> the The weird thing for me is I, I feel like he's one of those people that would be like, oh, well, I put that there because according to Webster's Dictionary, yes. and he's one of those guys that mm -hmm. would say according to Webster's Dictionary... Yeah, basically, I'm guessing what happened is he wrote that, his wife smacked him, they had a lot, because this book was written by a dude and his wife. Yeah. Uh, or, or, I'm sorry, it was written by a dude, his wife helped, according to how the credits are written. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he wrote that, his wife smacked him, and he was like, what? According to the Oxford English Dictionary. And she was like, oh, so help me God if you reference the OED again today. <laughs> and so he was like, very well, I will add a rejoinder note towards the end, a postscript, if you will. Footnote. <laughs> An asterisk. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I mean, there are a ton of note whatever on these skills. Yes. Like, just on this page, there's like eight of them. Mm -hmm. Like, every skill on this page has a note to it. Yeah. But and most, most, of are, most of those are at least like, 
Oh, by the way, here's a clarification on how you use it. Most of them are cost adjustments. They're like, or but, it's like, if you also own this skill, give another plus one. Yeah. So, but that one's got the note that just undoes the first sentence. So it's just <laughs> no. J.K. didn't mean it. Yeah, it's so weird. I, I'm still going to say it fails the Jeff test because of the first sentence. <laughs> I mean, the, it fails my test for being an incoherent, useless pile of shit. Yeah, it, it is one, and normally you prefer things that are not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean. So, it also, there are fucking 90 skills in this, and mm-hmm. like I said, a lot of them are either just powers if you wanted to get, like, ambidextrous or fast reload, and I'm going to go ahead and mention how the mechanics of this work in order to let you know that skills are dumb and useless in this. Yes, they're bad, and, and they will, if you're, if you're a bonus content subscriber, you're going to see that in great detail in a little while. So, the way in which you will roll a skill is you take six, you add your stat for whatever the skill is, and then you add the number of skill ranks you have, and whatever that total number is, you have to roll under on a d20. Yes. So the average human is a five in any given stat. Which means even if they don't have a skill, they have a little bit, about a 55% chance of succeeding in in a roll. Yeah. Now, of course... There are a ton of skills in here that are, you know, specifically stated to be you can't do this untrained. So, you know, if you want to do fucking like surgery or whatever, if you don't have that, you can't do that. Well, I like there's one skill. Go ahead, though. Finish it up. I have an anecdote. But the weird thing is any of the stuff that you can try unskilled, like Jeff said, you've got a 50-50 shot if you put zero points into there. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing that just stops you from putting all of your points into skills and going, oh, I've got a base 16 in everything. All of your points your and stats. points into stats. Yeah. yeah. If you give yourself 10 for all your stats, it costs you 90 of your points. You still have 10 points left to spend on a skill or two. But it means literally every skill roll is a 16 and below without buying any points in skills. You're just generically great at everything. Yeah, you have a 75% chance, which is about as good as you would have gotten if you went normal on on stats and high on skills anyway. Well, at that point, you'd be looking like, oh, instead of going to a 10 in intelligence, I went to a 5. Then I decided I want to be a computer programmer. Mm-hmm. All right. So I got five points in computer programming, and computer programming costs me like uh, three points per, yes. which means it costs me... More points to have a 16 and under roll in computer programming with a 5 intelligence than it does to have a 10 intelligence and just not give a fuck. This is the first time this book does this sort of hyper-realism attempt where it falls on its face. But yeah, it's best to make your character, as a starting character, your absolute best bet is to give yourself max stats and everything and not bother with the skill system at all because you have a 75% chance to succeed at everything then. Oh yeah. I mean, if they had... If they had based this on, oh, you get, you know, up to five is one point, and then two points for a couple, and then three, and then four, whatever, Mm -hmm. and you had that rising point value, then at least you'd go, oh, it's still super beneficial to have high stats, because with all the number of skills that exist, Mm -hmm. it is more efficient to have a high stat than it is to have a high skill. That's correct, yeah. But at least then you'd go, it's... It might not be cost-efficient for my character concept. Well, it's not even just that, because stats do more than just skill rolls, but skills only do skill rolls. So if you give yourself max 10s and everything, you're hitting for way more damage, you're hitting way more accurately, you have more actions per round. Oh, you also get uh, all of your stuff that you do is more hit points, because mm-hmm. it's all based on your constitu- or your strength and your willpower. Yeah, which means that it is straight up 
100% beneficial to ignore the skill system at the start of the game. Because if you do, not only are you very good at combat and generic pi- uh, uh, roles for uh, interacting with the game world, you are also really good at skills. Yeah, you're just good at everything, and the skills are a pointless system in here. Yeah, it's weird that they... The, the mistake they made, basically, was was combining the point pool. If it had been you get this many points for stats and this many points for skills, you could probably build a character that's different from every other character. But as it stands, if John and I were building optimal characters for the bonus content, they'd just both be tens across the board with four, 10 points left over to spend in something like, I'm a sword man! Oh yeah, at that point you just go... All right, I've got tens and everything, and what's the one thing I want to do? Yeah, I guess I'll be ambidextrous and also be able to jump. Now, the, the anecdote I wanted to talk about, we were talking about how a lot of the skills in this game are trained only. Yeah. Uh, there is an inclusion mistake here where under swimming, it says in, uh, it's a whole sentence by itself and it's underlined, anyone not possessing this skill cannot swim and therefore has the distinct possibility of drowning. Now, what that means that just means it's a normal skill because all these skills work that way. If you don't have the skill, then you don't have the ability to do it. It doesn't say that under sign language, so I guess if you don't take if you don't put a point in sign language, you can't use it under any or you can because it doesn't have that sentence in it. You just wave your arms around and eventually it works. <laughs> yeah, you know, eventually you'll figure it out. Yeah. So, does that mean that uh, by putting a 10 into whatever the skill that governs swimming is, which appears to be I don't know, probably strength or agility, uh even though I have a 10 in it and a 6 put to that, do I have a 75% chance to swim or a 0% chance to swim? That sentence doesn't say modify the rules in the following way. It just says you cannot swim. Yeah, it's it's weird that it is so specific to swimming that they're like, oh, you can't swim. Yeah. Because there are a couple stats that call or skills that call that out, like literacy. They're like, oh, if you don't put one point into literacy, you're not literate. Yeah. Okay, great. But there are tons of skills in here where it's like what is this uh like robot repair Mm -hmm. okay but it doesn't say specifically i can't repair a robot if i don't have this what it says is i can't repair a robot unless i have the tools to do so yeah in his attempt to make it so that the world is kind of a grim and shitty place he took some baseline skills that we're a little bit more used to in our in the world now like reading and swimming and said a lot of people can't do this so if you don't put points in it you absolutely fucking can't do it but then you look at another skill like operate a hang glider, and he's like, "Yeah, everyone's pretty good at operating a hang glider." Oh yeah, you could probably it's, just do this. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. So the skill system is dumb. Yeah, it's ba- real bad. Basically, that's basically what it is. Here's the problem: we already told you how to do the skill system, uh, which is you roll a d20 plus uh, plus six plus your stat plus whatever points you have in the skill you invested in, that much or less on a d20 roll. Yeah. It's simple. That's pretty much the only thing to it. There are opposed roles as well, uh, but we're done. That's that's the game's rules until we get into advanced combat shenanigans. Well, yeah, once you get into combat, it changes weirdly away from the same way they do everything else. But yes, sure, we're, why we'll not? get to it. But between, between us and combat right now, if we're going by the book, is six pages of description of the only robot in the game. Yeah, we get into the equipment section, and... You know, the equipment section starts out like any other equipment section of like, here's some guns and some melee weapons. Here's some basic armor. Mm-hmm. Also, here's the cost for any different type of clothing you want. Here's what it costs for some goggles. Armor's and shit done like in that. a piecemeal format. So if you buy it like nomad armor and then you also have a peacekeeper helmet, then you have a different armor value on your head than your body. But I mean, they really want to give you a shitload of different things. So it's like outdoor gear. Here is 10 million different things. Did you want to know what it costs for a one-man tent, or two-man tent, or four-man tent, or a ten-man tent? 
because it's all in there as different costs. I also really like this bit here. Starting funds. In 2107 Japan, the common form of currency remains the yen, of which the yen symbol is its symbolic representation. Thank you. Uh, unlike the old yen, which was measured against the value of the dollar, the new yen is a true approximation of the dollar. Therefore, a single yen in 2107 is technically equal to the old dollar bill, a one-to-one -one ratio. Wait, why what? Is it, why is it fixed to the value of a dead currency? Yeah, I'm like, I'm pretty sure the U.S. has been blown up at this point. It's glassed. Who gives a shit what the value compared to a dollar is? The value of a dollar is nothing. Can I eat it? <laughs> Can I start a fire with this? Yes, probably. Great. That's the value of it. It has about the same value as kindling. What? Why would he do? Why would bo why bother? Why not just not even include that paragraph and just list the prices for everything in yen and, and assume his players won't go? Hold on, how many yen is this to a dollar? Because my character oh, yeah. has fifty dollars. Well, I mean, especially because your options for things to play in this, they're like, okay, either you come from the wilderness, you're a part of like a nomad tribe, mm -hmm. or you're from one of the towns that like the various Yakuza people set up, or you're from the uh, like the arcology or one of the little bergs that popped up around there. The basic gist of it is that every single person you can possibly play in this game comes from the same 400 square mile region of northern Japan. Yeah, so it's not like he was trying to head off at the pass. Someone was like, well, my character actually comes from America and I bring dollars with me. I don't have yen. What's the dollar to yen conversion? Uh -huh, I'm glad you asked. It's a fixed value of one to one for no good reason because 275 years ago, America nuked itself. <laughs> Except this is 2107. It was like Four years oh, that's ago. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought this was hundreds of years later. Because they mentioned that at, the, at a certain point, the Arcology opened its doors and it had been fucking forever. Well, yeah, yeah. it had been 70 years because they yeah. started it in like 2020 or something. So they open their doors and the first thing they do when they get the doors open is, quick, fix the value of the yen to the dollar. Oh, no. Guys. Someone contact America and find out the current value of a dollar. I'm not getting a response. Let's just use a dollar. Let's just say it's a dollar? One dollar. A dollar is worth one dollar. Gah. Yeah. It's... I read that paragraph when I was going through here, and I'm like, that seems real dumb and useless. It is completely useless. There's no reason for him to feel like Americans are going to understand this better if he fixes it to a dollar, because it's a fixed amount. It's just like gold in Final Fantasy games. Oh, no one's sitting there going like, hey, I was playing D&D, &D and uh, this was measured in gold. What's the gold to dollar ratio? Because otherwise I have no idea what's going on. I can't do this much simpler, simpler math. This is driving me insane. Yeah, I don't... If I don't know how much gold equals a dollar, then I don't know if I'm getting ripped off for this sword. Also, a nice thing about this arcology is that it's fixed the value of a meter to one foot. <laughs> they are now exactly the same instead of fluctuating against each other based on market forces. <laughs> you know how the value of a foot fluctuates on market forces. You want a foot? I can get you a foot. <laughs> So uh, um, that part was a joke, but but yeah, you can buy. That was a joke. No, but I actually can get you a foot. I, well, no, I can get you a foot. I have two of them if the price is right. <laughs> uh, so one of the interesting things in the equipment before we get to the dumb fucking one robot that exists is. <laughs> Which you can't have, by the way. Yeah, you just cannot have this robot. Mm -hmm. But there are drugs in this. Oh, and yeah, there's some drugs. We've seen in a lot of games where they're like. What is this? This is hyperdrive, and it makes you become a super badass. But when it crashes, you lose your dick. And you're like, okay, I get it. That's fine. And you'll have rules for, like, how addictive is this? How fucked up are you if you don't get your fix? Like, games that include drugs always want to go 
real overboard with the whole drug thing. Yeah, because you could use them in shorthand that way instead of having to deal with the debilitating long-term effects of addiction. The uh, the weird bit for me in this is almost none of the drugs in this have a drawback. They're all just like, what does this do? Oh, uh, it makes you have hallucinations. Okay, is it addictive? Yeah. Does that matter? No. No, there's no debilitating long-term effects Is there of a addiction. rule for what happens if you're addicted? No. I'll tell you what the addictive value is, mm -hmm. and it's every time you take it, if it has an addiction value, you roll that or under. So most of them start out at like a one or a three or whatever. It's like, oh, the first time you try it, you're not going to get addicted. Yeah. But then every time you try it after that, it adds that number on. So you'd be like, all right, it started as a two, but now I get another plus two, so now i got to roll a four under and so on and so on. And then it just says you get addicted, but it doesn't say what happens if you don't take your drug or... If you do take your drug, there's just nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's just, you're addicted now. What does that mean? Meh. Also, all the drugs had that cool retro cyberpunk future name where they just describe what they do in a fun word. It's like in the in the distant future of drug naming, ecstasy is the big winner. It's the one where everyone's like, yeah, let's use follow that naming convention. What does the drug do? Oh, it, it tranquilizes you. Yeah, we'll call it Trank. <laughs> oh, yeah. It makes you feel like you're flying. We'll call it Zephyr. <laughs> and... I think it's just because of my background in Rifts that I'm really going to harp on the drug thing. Please do. Because Rifts really gets into the drug stuff. And, I mean, even shit like Over the Edge or any of the other ones we've had where drugs feature prominently, they include anything for it. Whereas this wanted all of these different weird designer drugs and then just stopped caring after he wrote them. I mean, to be fair, drugs are probably the one of the three paths to power that are possible in the game. Like, you could be, I'm a drug guy. All my power comes from these couple of drugs I occasionally take. This one gives me a plus two to something. Well, yeah, I mean, like, Zephyr is, great, you have a plus two to perception rolls for two hours. They're, the only known side effect is you get an occasional eye twitch over the next few hours. Uh, okay, so does it have a, a an addiction value? No, you can't get addicted to it, and all it does is help you. All right, is there a reason I'm not just constantly on this then? Eh, Presumably money? you'd run out of money, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Optimal is not the other drug that you could use as a combat drug. It raises all of your stats a little bit. Uh, it does have a crash, though. You take yeah, it's one of the, like, three in here that has a crash. It has a crash, but no long-term crash. Oh, no. It's just, oh, for, like, a day after you use this, you'll get all fucked up. Great. Yeah, sure. That's, so it's beer. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, so, yeah, that's a real problem. The drugs don't really do much. And like John was saying, there are far too... Like, I was trying to find the drug section so we could have this, this conversation at the same time. And I kept opening to things where I was like, wow, that's a weird name for a drug, but I'm willing to believe it's what they call it. I was like, plastique. That's probably a drug. What's on the next page? Parabolic Mike. Yeah, I'd believe... I, I'd, I'd try Parabolic Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, Parabolic Mike is a guy you find that sells guy. you drugs. <laughs> Hey, I'm Parabolic Mike. I'm parabolic Mike is my hookup. <laughs> That's because I control all the drugs in this 90-degree area I call my corner. <laughs> uh, uh, after, this, after all this stuff you can buy, uh, we get to the robot. It's called the MAR-12P, or the, the Maratupi. Yep. Um, the, the Marauder, as it's actually known, is like the second or third version of this, this robot, but there's no leftovers of the other versions, so no stats for that, no descriptions of them. Well, I mean, there's descriptions, it just doesn't matter. He's like, yeah. hey, did you want a full page on what the old version of this robot was like? 
Oh, it doesn't exist anymore, and there are no functioning, working uh, models of it. Anyway, I just thought you'd want to know what something that doesn't matter is. So over the course of six pages, we establish that the Marauder robot, which, like I said before, has the dangly human arm sticking out the front, and it's the kind of anime robot where the person who's driving it sits in the chest and looks out a window there. Yeah. Uh, okay. It is so much better than everything else in the book that it's laughable. That's okay, though, because you can't have it. Yeah. You at most, if you heavily invested in a career skill, live in the arcology, and rolled max on your money, could maybe start with like 11,000 yen at the high end. Yeah, and even then you're just like a mechanic or something. You're like, I'm a professional mechanic, that's why I have so much money. And at that point, you cannot afford like... Maybe even a robot leg. Like, maybe you could get a leg. You mean like a cyber leg or like yeah. a leg off the mar? Oh, I'm either. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, it's true. Now, the art in this book would lead you to believe that there are two things you could possibly play as. Uh, one of them is 80 short le- short hair anime babes, like just every character from Project Aiko. Huh. Uh, the other is insane David Bowie-looking cyber murderer dudes with no shirts on, constantly tearing each other's jaws off. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, I'm all cybered up and I'm punching a dude's chest out. And you're like, okay, I they're, get it. They're all this shirt- is the 12th time I've seen this picture. They're all shirtless. They all look like comic book drawings of a buff version of Iggy Pop. Uh, it's It's a real... It's a problem. They, they all kind of look like the same big lip. Actually, you know what they look like? Uh, what's the, Who's the guy who did like uh, Aeon Flux and stuff like that? That, that, that guy. guy. That guy. Uh, Peter Chung. Yeah. They all look like Peter Chung cyborgs. And they're all dudes, because if you're a woman in this book, you're wearing a fancy dress. Even if you're getting out of a car or into a robot or something, you're wearing a fancy night dress and carrying a pistol and you have short hair. Yeah. That's the only art of women there is. Everyone else in this universe, according to the art, is a weird buff Peter Chung guy with no shirt on, tearing someone's jaw off with one hand and firing a gun with the other. Yep. But you can't play as either of these things. I mean, I guess you could play as a sexy lady if you wanted, but but all these dudes have more cyberware than you'd ever be able to afford. Oh, yeah. I mean, they give you the breakdown for like, oh, how much would this cost if you wanted this or this? Because there's an entire cybernetics section. Yes, it's and- right after the robo. And one of the things they've got in there is a breakdown of like, well, what if I wanted like a full suite? Mm-hmm. Like instead of just buying piecemeal, like, oh, okay, I bought an eye and I also want it to have targeting. All right, targeting's 400 yen. But they have things where it's like, I want to be a full conversion Borg. I just want to go full rifts with this motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it costs more than you would start with, so you can't. Yeah, you can't have that. There's, there's, and there's no way to get it. There's no way to be like, you can have this, but you'd be in service to the police or whoever installed it on you for a while. Or- oh, yeah. Well, the three different uh, levels of how good it is is basic civilian, mm-hmm. combat, and then police is somehow better than the combat version at everything. Yes, police is the top level in this world. Police get the best of everything. Now, if you have a full suit of police cyberware armor then you're completely cybered up in armor and care, and you're basically a Borg, right? Yeah. You have an armor value of eight, and that's amazing. That's like a high-end armor value in this game, and it goes up. It goes from one to eight, and, and when you get to eight, you're at the top level of being a human in some kind of cyber armor. The robot suit, the Marauder that we were talking about earlier, over almost entirely all of it, except for one glass plate and two little antenna, has an armor value of 30. Yeah, it and even the fucking antenna, have like the little things yeah. are 15. 15, which is still almost twice as good as the best possible police armor. Now, the way that this game works, AV-30 basically means you have to roll above it to, to penetrate the armor even well, at all and even check for, like, ping. It's You need to take your 
Fucking okay. The way it works is oh, God. you take your damage. Yeah. All right. Did you hit? Yeah. Okay, you hit. Great. Now you roll for where it hits because we've got a random hit location because obviously a game from 1994 has to have a random hit lo- so you location table. So you've got a big, pointless random hit location table. And wherever it hits, you have to check the armor for that location. Uh-huh. Now, after you do that, how much did you hit by? Because oh. if you only hit by, say, one or two, then what you actually did is after the armor value is you winged it and you then multiply the after armor value by like 0.2 or 0.4 but you take your full damage you compare it to the armor value you just subtract the armor value from it yes and then there's a cross-reference chart that exists so you're like all right what do i have four i've got uh, a really cool gun how much damage does that do eight all right so you literally cannot hurt the marauder no no there is no possible way for me to do anything to them. No, the Marauder is basically just the, the author feeling like showing off. It costs millions of yen, so you can't get one. Even if you could, you'd just be constantly chased by the police for having it. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it, it, You can't afford one. The police aren't going to give you one. He, don't, he designates six pages of space to describing how rad it is, right in the middle of the gear section, and then another three pages towards the back of the book describing the special combat rules specifically related to it. Of a 70-page book, about... T- 15% to 20% of this book is dedicated to this fucking robot, including the cover art, and you can't have it. No. it It's basically a game of Mother May I mm-hmm. with, look, I made a cop. He's in the special, extra special weapons and the, tactics. Yeah, we call it the V-SWAT, the very special weapons and tactics. And very special weapons and tactics. We're putting it right on the fridge <laughs> is the full name. And I, I have my entire background on it. I even spent some of my precious skill points on piloting robots for no reason. Mm-hmm. Can, can I, have, I have one? Can I have this thing that would render the entire rest of the party completely useless? Well, yeah, at that point you're like, all right, is the entire party in these robots? Yes? Okay, then I guess you fight other robots. or, or the, which, Of which there are none. Well, yeah, yeah, you fight other people with these robots. Yeah, the same robot. Or you could fight, I guess, some of the monsters from outside the walls. But even then, the monsters outside the walls, the breeders, mm-hmm. are just... Weird little lizard men, and they also couldn't hurt you at yes. all. The possibly. monsters from outside the walls, L seven, yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm just looking at the firearms chart to see, and in order to get to a weapon that has the possibility of hurting the main armor of this thing, you need a goddamn auto cannon. Yeah. So if you've got like a cannon that you would put on a helicopter or some shit, then great, you can hurt this. So, to roll to hit someone in this game, you'd think you'd take one of the many, many combat skills in it, roll your stat plus a d6 plus whatever combat skill you have, and see if you roll less than that on a d20, but you don't, because the game has a big ol' puffy piece about how you can assume that two people of equal power levels would hit each other exactly 50% of the time. No, no, you couldn't, because what if they're both better at attack than they are at defense? Then they'd hit each other 100% of the time, you dumb shit. Yeah, they'd just beat the shit out of each other. 50% isn't a real baseline. Uh, so and I, like, I at least understand him going like, I want to use 50% as a baseline I find if he wanted combat. to use it for an abstracted system, but he doesn't. He wants to use it as a real definition of how it's impossible for two people of equal matching to fight each other. Because he's, he's, he's a snooty nerd named Delbert, by the way. Oh, Delbert. Okay, um, <laughs> so the way this works is you have to calculate your uh, combat value versus their combat value. And whoever is... Higher will, when they attack, add the difference between your combat values to 
uh, 10 or less. Mm-hmm. So if I've got a 10 or less to hit, normally everyone is baseline that, and my combat value is two more, then I go up to a 12 or less to hit. Yeah. Now, if I was two below, I'd go to an eight or less to hit. Now, if you guess that because this game is from the mid-90s that there's a huge chart in here of all the things that'll apply a minus one through a minus four to that, like it's slightly misty out or you're tired today, then congratulations, you figured it out. This is my favorite part of the book, by the way, though, because this has... Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to mention real quick before we get into it, because we are going to stay there for a fucking minute. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh... We did sort of mention earlier, this game has action economy to it. Oh, God. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So that, That's an important piece of what I'm about to talk about. If you have uh, a one to four in your agility, mm-hmm. so if you're below average, you get one action in a round. Yes. Okay. If you have a five to eight, so you're around average to a little bit above, you get two actions. So most people should probably be sitting on two. Mm-hmm. A 9 to 12 gives you 3, which once again reinforces the idea that all of your stats should be at 10. Yeah, because 3 actions, because it's got action economy, which means it's cheesable. There is absolutely no reason you should have a 5 to 8 agility. No. The second you hit, like, 5, you should just go, oh, I have to pay for a 9. Mm-hmm. 9 is the new baseline. And it's 9 to 12, by the way, because 12 is as high as you can get your strength using cybernetics. Yeah, so... Any cybernetic can only add two to any of your statistics. Which means that there's no point to going to ten and then adding two to it. You still can't get above three actions. No, it means cybernetics are pointless. Yes. So uh, Now, man. if you want to get up to that that 13 through 17, you can. You just need that suit of robot armor. Oh, yeah. As soon as you get that robot armor, you're like, ah, go fuck yourself. I'm mm-hmm. better than everyone. All right. So, this is the thing I want to talk about. Now, this takes a little bit of setup, and uh, it's... It's a little esoteric for what we usually talk about on the show, but there is a chart in this this game system uh, because there is a penalty that you take to hit and a penalty that people take to hit you, uh, and they're two separate penalties, for the speed that you or, the, or your target are going. Now, normally in a game that has all of these modifiers, usually it's just if you are moving while firing, you take a minus one. If your target is moving while you try to fire at them, you are at minus one. Yes. And, now. and that's just sort of... The baseline will want to abstract out the whole I'm passively dodging. So, in this case, it's you take a minus one to hit for every 10 miles per hour you are moving, whether you are moving under your own power or you are passenger in a vehicle that is moving a speed. Yeah. So, if you are moving in a 30 mile an hour Jeep, you are minus three to hit. Uh, similarly, if a if you are trying to hit a moving target, for every 10 miles an hour that target is moving, you are minus one to hit. So if you are in a 30-mile-an-hour Jeep firing at a person who is chasing you in a different 30-mile-an-hour Jeep, you are minus six to hit. Here's the first of several problems. There is nothing in there that indicates whether or not the person is going the same speed as you because they're in the same place. Therefore, if they are, if you are fighting someone on a 60-mile-an-hour monorail and they are also in the monorail, you are minus 12 to hit each other. Yes. Both minus six from your chance to hit them and minus six from their chance to be hit by you. Yep. You're both technically going 60 miles an hour and it doesn't differentiate you standing still even though you are all going that Nothing speed. to do with wind resistance, just the speed you are going in miles per hour. Now, ask the game asks you the following hypothetical question. What if you don't know the miles per hour you're traveling because you're using a hex-based grid? Well, luckily for you, it provides a fine answer, which is check the number of hexes you moved in the previous turn versus the number of actions you have on a on a uh, cross-reference sheet, the number of actions that you have max per round, so either two or three in most cases, right? Yeah. Now, when you're talking about just walking, this sort of makes sense, because if we have two different characters mm-hmm. and we say in a round, both of them went five squares. Mm-hmm. 
Now, the guy with three actions also did two other things, which means for him to go those five squares, he was probably moving faster than the person who had two actions. Yes. Because the guy with two actions took one whole action to move and then one other action. That is correct, yes. So basically, if you move like two hexes and you've got three actions, you're maybe running like jogging a light like seven miles an hour. Okay? Uh, That makes perfect sense. But here's where it starts to fall apart. And again, you check this on a cross-reference grid. You go, I have three actions, and then you go down to, I move three hexes, and it's like, oh, seven miles an hour. That's how you can calculate how fast you were going. You do still take a minus one to hit, because it's, it also has in the section that I forgot to mention at the beginning. every 10 miles an hour you go. However, if you're going under 10 miles per hour, you're still at a minus one. Now, there's no, unless you're standing still in there. So everyone is always at least a minus one to hit because zero is just less than 10 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. Now, if you were to be moving at a negative speed, uh, if you were to be moving backwards <laughs> through space and time. Yes, because it's would not end just going up, backwards. You'd probably, well, you wouldn't end up having a bonus to hit. You just wouldn't take the penalty. You take a different penalty. Okay, so this is where it gets fun. Let's say that you are a passenger on a Jeep, and there is also a driver on the Jeep who would like to shoot as well. He has two actions per round. You have three actions per round. At this point, the game starts to fall apart. In the previous round, you moved five hexes. For him, according to his calculation, the Jeep is going 22 miles an hour. But because you have three actions per round, you think the Jeep is going 33 miles per hour. The The speed of the Jeep is reverse relativistic to your actions per round. The best part is there is a specific speed of Jeep. Mm-hmm. So you would measure the speed of Jeep and get the absolute speed. Mm-hmm. And then you would get your relativistic speed based on how many actions you have, and it's reverse relativism. So in any given... So first of all, reverse relativism means that the faster you are going, the faster the world appears to be going around you. Yeah, so, so it'd that's... be like if the Flash was running real fast and it made it look like everyone else was running real fast too. Uh-huh. So that's... That's the first thing that seems to happen. Uh, two people in one Jeep, the, speed, the Jeep is going a different speed for both of them, and a significantly different speed. It's, it's, it's uh, different enough that it would matter in terms of like measuring around the game. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, because at that point you're like, oh, uh, I think we're going 16 miles an hour. I think we're going 24. We have a very different perception of reality right now. <laughs> So uh, so that's the first. reverse relativism seems to be a very real thing that happens here where there are three potential speeds that this Jeep is going at once and all of them are correct. Yes. There's, according to the game rules, no one is wrong, but the Jeep is going three different speeds. Yes, it is both going. It is going the speed on the speedometer, the speed that the person with two actions senses it to be going and the person with the, and the speed that the person with three actions is sensing it to be going. And all of those numbers are right. Yeah. Now, granted, it did only move the same distance mm-hmm. within the same number of time, but everyone's idea of velocity has changed. Uh-huh. So, I, you know, that's a great attempt at realism. I got to give him some real props for introducing a universe where everyone is moving at different speeds on shared vehicles. It's very strange. Like, <laughs> the, the rules as written weird Murphy shit with the speed rules in this is nuts the uh my favorite thing i I worked out after digging through all the rules is that two people who are using regular old pistols to fight a like revolutionary era duel where they just stand back to back walk 10 paces turn and shoot at each other is at minimum minus eight to hit 
Oh, yeah. Well, it's why no one ever hit each other during those duels. Uh It wasn't because the guns were shit. It's because as soon as you turn around and go to fire, you can't hit anything. Yeah, because you get a minus one for changing facing, and also you get a minus... Oh, sorry, it should be minus six or seven to hit, because you only get a minus one to change facing. You don't get a minus one if your opponent also changed facing. Yes. So it's it's six or seven somewhere in there is the absolute max to hit when you're just dueling, like the way you're actually... Just walk ten feet and turn around. Yeah. It's nonsense. It's it's beautiful nonsense, but it's nonsense. Yeah, the the best thing to do in that dual situation is to turn, not fire, wait around, and then shoot after you haven't moved. Yeah, aim action. <laughs> Just turn and take an aim action. They're going to miss you, so don't worry about that. Oh, yeah, they're going to shoot. The little ball from their shitty little pistol gun is going to go flying past you, and you're going to go, ha-ha, and then you stand there and aim for an action, and then you shoot and get a plus one. <laughs> Christ. So uh, there you go. That's, that's uh, relative oh. speed. There's a lot more to talk about. Oh, yeah. So I had mentioned that Blades had a class one attack. Mm-hmm. Real quick, there are three different classes of attack in this. Oh, yeah. And the way armor works against them is if you have a class three, which is generally just hand-to-hand. Mm-hmm. So this is punches and kicks or a class three attack. You take your armor, you multiply it by three, and that's what it is for that. Mm-hmm. If you're a class two, which is usually like blunt weapons and things like that. Yeah, like blunts. Yeah, blunts. If you hit someone with a blunt, they get hit a blunt. Like Sir Isaac Newton hits a blunt and then the blunt hits him back. Yeah, okay. No, I don't know if you need. This is my fault. I shouldn't have started the weed humor. Yeah, you shouldn't have. Because now, now I'm going to go down the rabbit hole of weed humor if and you hit physics. someone with a blunt, it kills Tesla's business by 10% overnight. Well, no, I'm doing the opposite reaction of Newton hits the blunt, the blunt hits him back. <laughs> <laughs> so Newton gets a little stoned, but so does the blunt. Yeah, the, or maybe blunt the blunt gets a little Newton. The blunt gets a little Newton. That's it discovers like five percent of gravity. It it starts to get real into calculus for a second there. It gets in a fight with a different blunt named Leibniz. <laughs> uh but anyway, so yeah, the armor is then doubled, and then if you have a class one, which is generally guns and bladed weapons, then it's Oh, you were counting down earlier. Yeah. It's, it's, it's guns, blunt shit, hand-to-hand. No, it's, it's cla- to- class one is the blades. Oh, okay, yeah. Because class, th- the class is how much you multiply armor by. Yes, yeah. So class two is doubled, and class one is just your straight armor. So this also includes how the armor system works, which is you actually have to measure the number of centimeters of, of whatever type of material you're, com- you're wearing and then compare it against the relative value per, per millimeter of that, that armor. It provides a millimeter relative strength where one millimeter of steel is the baseline and, and then equi- everything else is how much is equivalent to one millimeter of steel up to sheetrock you have to have 25 millimeters before it equals one millimeter of steel but what that does mean is that the game allows you to reverse engineer what you need to do to make a steel vest out of sheetrock and wear that like if you wanted to wear like eight centimeter thick sheetrock vest and walk into combat that's fine well it also lets you extrapolate what your armor's thickness is based on its armor value and what it's made of yeah and and, and also not just armor but just objects like for example according to this universe you'd need a rocket launcher to break a surfboard in half because the value of fiberglass of fiberglass and foam uh, is significantly higher than you'd expect it to be, given the relative thickness of a surfboard. Oh yeah, for some reason fiberglass has better uh, armor value than a lot of like rock and wood and all that. Yeah, which means the surfboard that I am attempting to break in half is almost impossible, but I could just like punch through a concrete wall, no problem. That is, yeah, a sheetrock wall is much easier to break than a surfboard. Yeah. 
because it's all got to do with relative because it's like oh the equivalent of uh, 13 millimeters of of fiberglass is the exact same thing as one millimeter of hardened steel okay. i'm like no, no it isn't what? it sure isn't <laughs> It's because he didn't take into account fracture points. So the fact that fiberglass is made out of laying down lines of material, so it's got a lot of easy ways to fracture it. Oh, yeah. Well, the same thing with wood has a good, it's like 16 millimeter to one on mm -hmm. that. But I have seen many a person kick a like two by four apart, and according to the thickness of this, the class three attack that is kicking a board would just bounce off of that it shit. It would be completely impossible for it to happen. It's because he took into account the, the hardness of materials, but not their... Uh, relative brittleness. Yeah. For example, hardened steel is ex hardened steel, whether or not it's been frozen to a to an absolute crisp. At which point, it could be flicked apart. Yeah. It, he didn't. He didn't think about this at all. But he did go, go ahead and tell. He goes as a whole half a fucking page dedicated to explaining how his system can be reverse engineered, so you can take the relative thickness of a suit of armor and calculate the material it must be made out of based on the thickness it has. Well, the he's so proud of it. No, the whole point is like I was saying earlier. He has so much shit where he's like, well, I want this to be the most realistic possible thing. And so I decided to, unlike these plebes that just have an arbitrary value, I want it to be based in the real world. And I'm like, okay, right. you wanted that, but then you fucked up. Your anime game about fighting monsters in future Japan is super realistic. Congratulations. Well, I mean, it's 94. Fucking every single RPG writer was, I need to try and go for the highest level of verisimilitude. Yeah, it's really fun to take these and figure out how they messed it up, isn't it? Uh, oh. any, okay, so last thing I'd like to mention, I don't know if you have more, but last thing I'd like to oh, mention... Oh, well, I'll say this. Sure. In the equipment section, going along the whole speed and why I know cars have their absolute speed as well... In the car combat section, he starts it off with saying, now in order to make this the most realistic, there are too many factors. So I didn't. And I'm like, oh, good. There was a point where you didn't care about cars because you're not that type of nerd. And so you decided instead of looking into it, fuck it, I'm just going to abstract this one thing. I also really like the fact that 400 years or that hundreds of years in the future, hidden, or I guess at this point, 100 years, 100 years in the future, inside of a hu uh, uh, arcology that was designed to minimize the need for things like fossil fuels and stuff, everyone's still driving around in cars. Oh, of course. It's just cars are just the baseline as assumption. Everyone's got cars. We have to calculate the speed of cars. And it's like, why? Do would they have invented something better? Or the fact that they're just in one tiny section of northern Japan would maybe move away from needing large-scale mass transit vehicles? Yeah, you'd think after this sort of apocalypse and there's no imports or anything for that, you'd just go, all right, well, I got a horse. <laughs> yeah. If you're lucky, you have a horse, and that's all there is to it. And instead, there are two other new beasts of burden. One of them's a robot horse. The other one's a big six-legged animal that gets no further description. Yeah, nothing further to be mentioned. It's called the Strider with a Y, and it's got six legs, and there's no description of what it looks like or is. Great. Yeah, the other one, I believe, was called a Belder. Uh, okay, so there you go. The last thing I wanted to mention was healing in this game. Yes. There's no mechanic for it. There's no, like, super healing tech, really. Uh, but oh yeah, well, I was I was gonna say there is a mechanic. There's a mechanic. What I meant to back. say is there's no super. There's no power for it. No, there's, there's no, no like I slap heal nanites on you or yeah. some shit. Instead, there's just healing. Now the game does have hit location, and hit location. Each location has some hit points built into it. So for example, if you take half the hit points of your arm, your arm is useless now. If you take the full hit points, your arm is destroyed. It's supposed to be one of those brutal type games. Yeah, because uh, then you can go. Oh great, my arm got blown off. I can get a cyber arm yeah. now. Provided you're willing to spend a day in bed. You regain half of a hit point. Yay. Uh, yeah. And I believe it's ha it's a day. No. Uh, yep. It sure is. 
0.5 hit points per day. You don't use hit points. This is just his way of saying you have to spend two two days in bed to get one back. Yep. So uh, I just thought that was kind of fun that the game was like, oh, yeah, slow healing from like D&D and stuff or maybe you get a hit point back a day if you stay in bed. Fuck that. We're going way more realistic. Half a hit point a day. Yeah. Half a hit point every 36 hours. The... Oh, the game also uses a stun system in addition to your hit points. Uh, and it's super brutal because everything does both kinds of damage. Well, you take your damage, and then you also take stun, depending on where it hit, you might take more. Mm-hmm. Or if you're already wounded, you might take more, but you have way more. Like, your stun threshold is basically 20 points more than whatever your hit points is. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the only reason that even works is, of course, because you have different hit locations. And also because there are stun weapons specifically. Like, if you get hit with a taser or something, yeah. it but does. It's, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, but if I have more stun points than life points, then what does it matter? It's like, yeah, oh, because you take five to your arm, and three to your other arm, and six to your chest. And you're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, okay. So I you have can, you one can... track for stun and a shitload of tracks for hit points. Exactly. Which means it's very easy to be knocked unconscious. It's just extra ways to die. Yeah. Because this is the kind of game where if you get stunned and knocked unconscious, no one's going to let you just lie there until you wake up. No. Every single one of the quotes in the book is just like, I fucking shot him, and then I shot him until he was dead. I and blew then I his went- head off, and oh. he was trying to be cool, but I was cooler. And I went to his house and fucked his girlfriend. I mean, I shot her. And then I shot her. With a gun. A gun that I have that's cool, and it goes blam, 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 blam. Yeah, so... The idea that this game's got knockout damage is like, why? You've you've described a grim and gritty world of fucking Peter Chung monsters running around tearing each other's heads off, followed by Project Aco dorks. I I didn't like this. Well, no, because it follows... It's fucking so 1994. Yes. Like, this is a game that, without reading the date of publication, I was like, oh, this has to be somewhere in the 92 to 95 range, mm-hmm. because that's what the sensibility is. Yep. There's a com- there comes a time in reviewing a role-playing game uh, uh, every two weeks for years and years and years where you can start to smell the decade wafting off them. You're like, oh, I get it. People had been playing games like this for so long that now, instead of verisimilitude just being, I need to add rules for religion like you have in the highest level of all, mm-hmm. it was, oh, I need rules for, like, different charts and tables and thickness and I need to how know how, f- how much are. And- if I'm trying to snipe someone, I need to know how much the bullet's going to fall from the sky between me and them. Yeah. That's the kind of verisimilitude I need. I need every role I ever make in this game to take 20 minutes of intense arguing. Oh, also, there's this part of life that I don't care about, so I abstracted that. <laughs> like, I'm super into guns, so all the gun rules are crazy, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't care about cars at all. So, I don't know, you roll a die and you drive, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yep, that's this game. Mm-hmm. Sean, what would you say is your favorite thing about this game? Uh, I'm going to do my, my best and worst at the same time because they tie in together. Sure. That's fine. So the best thing for me is there is actually a fairly decent baseline level of competence. Yes. When I was looking at this, the fact that everything starts at stat plus six as your role and the base combat is assumed to be a 50, 50, like there's a level of baseline ability in this that is just assumed for every character that I appreciate. When I look at a game and I can look at a starting character and not think, oh, my guy can't do anything. He's just a real shitty idiot 
who runs around and until he gets a ton of XP, he has like a 20% chance of doing anything. Yes, and we've talked about that that end of the spectrum a lot of times while doing the show as well. But this is sort of that other end where you're like, oh no, you can right out the gate make dudes who are vastly competent at things. And I like that. Now that ties into my least favorite thing, which is the actual skill system in here, which is a pointless tack on. Yeah, it's basically an appendix. Yeah, you look at it and go, oh, but you made me baseline competent and then gave me the option of spending on stills on skills instead of continuing my baseline competence. Yes. And it just doesn't matter. Like nope. none of these skills, maybe if you're like, oh, I wanted to put I don't know, two points into gun because I want to have an 18 or less instead of a 16 or less. Okay, sure. I want to be able to hit even though I'm going 80 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. All right, great. So uh, and so that's your best and worst? Yeah, the worst is definitely the skill system in this mm -hmm. is not thought out in the way that it relates to the way the skill system works. It should have been two-point pools. Yeah, like you say, either two-point pools or... Make the point costs for stats higher. Much higher, yeah. You know, do something, but the way that it has the non-scaling point value for stats, and then your skills are either the same or more expensive, it just, it's bad. It's a bad skill system. It, it didn't work. I, I, I totally get it. So, the thing I'm going to say is good about this game, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, because it's part of the combat system, and, and overall the combat system is just a dismal mess of cross-reference tables and and weird assumptions and so on but there's a part and this is okay mark it down this is the only time i've ever enjoyed one of these in a book the auto fire system for if you have a uh, like a oh yeah the hold down gun, the trigger like if you just hold down the machine gun trigger or whatever it's so simple it doesn't involve calculating the multiple doing your multiplication calculations or whatever it's just like this thing's going to fire on five turns in a row so it fires on the next five initiative actions and each round you might suffer a penalty based on how much recoil the gun has done that's all it does you don't have to if your next action comes up while you're still firing it you can either stop or keep firing it that's all it does yep also, you can do a thing with it where you nominate a square for a, or a hex for a covering action where if people enter into there, they get shot at. And I like that. I like that as a smart way to use machine guns without having to bog down into multiplication and, oh, but only one of every 10 bullets will land and therefore you need to multiply your damage by 0.16. It, doesn't, it doesn't do that. And I was, I was amazed it didn't. Yes. I mean, it's one more example of stats as king in this, though, because... Recoil in this has a value of whatever you're using, and if you are agility above recoil, then you don't suffer penalties. Yes. Which means if you're planning on firing five times with something with a recoil value of two, and you have a ten stat, you don't get a penalty, you just get to fire five times. Yeah, now keep in mind that if you were to go to the skill for firing that kind of gun, it has absolutely nothing to do with recoil, so being technically proficient in firing rifles has nothing to do with the recoil of the rifle and how it affects you. Yep. But you can still spend points on it, I guess. Yay! Useless things. Uh-huh. So that was the thing I thought was best, was that the this game's recoil system wasn't completely stupid, and its auto-fire system didn't make me barf. Yeah. Uh, okay, my favorite... My, my The worst thing in this game is the number of pages dedicated to that robot. It's so And the fact that it's on the cover and it looks like it's supposed to be the thing that the book is a star of. And then it was like, oh, what if a Glitter Boy was just a piece of shit compared to everybody else? Well, the, the problem with this is, like, if you look at Rifts and you look at, like, oh, it's got this Glitter Boy on the cover and it, it talks up this fucking Glitter Boy. Oh, but that's not one of the OCCs. You can't have it. Only NPCs get this. 
that would be a huge cock tease, and that's all this is, is it has it on the cover, it has it on the back cover. When you look at things, it talks about how amazing this armor is, how cool it would be to be in it. You've got skills for it. Luscious and, art of people getting in and out of it. And then there's no way to have it. Yeah, it, it doesn't even end with a price. It just moves on to the next chapter. Yeah, it's just, what is this? Uh, it's a giant robot. You can't have it. Anyway, bye. Yeah. There's just, it's it's such a tease, and it's so pointless. And, and the game, ostensibly, based on the cover, you'd think, oh, this is like a mobile police pat labor thing, or a, a bubblegum crisis thing, where everyone has fun robots that they're driving around in, in a city and blasting bad guys. Yeah. Nope. Nope, it's not. Nope, you play as either a cop or a robber, and you either copify or robifer. And that's all you do, and it's just grim and shitty. Yep. That's it. In the far future of 2107, everyone's kind of sad that they don't have better stuff. Yeah. Also, the fact that they also tease us with the prospect of a cool cyber dog, and then there's no stats or pictures or nothing. Nope. Which is fine, because after we've determined that it was entirely made out of hands. <laughs> it's it's definitely a nightmare fuel dog, so yeah. I don't need that. We're good there. Uh, so there you go. John, would you play this game? I would not. This is even outside the fact that it's a broken system, which it very clearly is. I don't I don't like this setting at all. The setting is just bad. I don't want a grim, shitty, post-apocalyptic Japan where it's just, what is this? Oh, it's basically like anime Neo-Tokyo, but we also made it shitty outside of the city. Also, the fact that whoever they hired to do the art could draw anime ladies, but could not draw anime dudes. And so all the dudes running around are these grim and gritty white-looking guys. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's, the setting it's, itself is just bad. I don't like the setting for this. No. So even if it had a good system, I wouldn't want to play in Marauder 2107. Mm-hmm. So Jeff, would you play? Oh, absolutely not. This is the the excess of everything I dislike about 90s gaming. Yes. Uh, I mean, there are things I do like. Occasionally, I like a little bit of fun crunch tables. Basically, it's it's a, a crunch table or a, a big old table you have to roll on is fun if the thing you're rolling on for is fun or, or random or interesting. Well, it's also, if you've got a bunch of random tables and you want me to roll on these random tables, make that a thing I do before we start playing. Because also, the second I'm playing your game, and in order to interact with it, I need to flip to a page that I don't know where it is in the book mm -hmm. and roll on a table, and I need to do this every time, yeah. and I can't memorize it. I mean, the one for how much damage you do in this book is on some random cross-reference sheet in the back of the in the middle of the combat section. Oh, yeah. It's, there's it, there's it, another cross-reference that you can look after that for the, did you wing them? Yeah. Like, did you not roll a four or better... Uh, under whatever you were trying to do, well, now I have a calculation for what your actual damage was. Yeah, so you have to keep this book open to like seven pages at once during combat, and that's bad. So no, I would not play this. There you go. All right. Uh, there you go. That's been Marauder 2107. I don't know what that number is. Is that the year? That must be the year. Yeah, 2107 I'm, I'm is the year. I, I know. I, it's, I, it's, there's, there's 2,107 years after the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many, uh, how many cybernetic enhancements did he have? Uh, did he get the robot? He probably got the robot. Uh, and he just used the button in it that multiplies Fucking fishes. Jesus DMPC. He's got an auto cannon that fires fish. Yeah. That's how he did it. I will make you a fisher of men, and by that I mean you will shoot men with fish. <laughs> so, uh, as always, we have been System Mastery. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, keep in mind we're going to go make characters. I don't, I don't know if we're just going to give them tens and everything. I mean, it's possible. 
I don't know that I can contain my mid-max abilities. Yeah, I'll do my best, but I like cheese. <laughs> uh, to find us making bonus content where we make the characters, or make characters in the game we just described, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash systemmastery, and support us at the $1 level. But don't stop there, because we have more bonus content to acquire. You can get our Expounded Universe or Star Wars reviews, uh, bonus content for 2 bucks. Per episode and our new returning Afterthought podcast at the $5 level. Ooh, yeah. So much content. We so make much. Too much content. We make too many podcasts. We never leave this room. Uh, it's true. I feel like I'm always over here. Jesus. I'm not going to your house. It's hot. Oh, I know. <laughs> so there you have it. Patreon.com slash System Mastery, or you can find us at System Mastery podcast.com or as system mastery on gmail facebook reddit twitter all those fun places system mastery is of course part of the one shot network which you can find at one shot podcast.com where you can also find shows like total party kill a weekly live twitch stream oh this is a twitch one where john patrick cohen eddie clinker and james dugan play through cephalo fair games gloomhaven join them in the stream to play along through the action and interact with a constantly changing cast of characters and special guests, or watch them after the fact on the One Shot YouTube channel, God, where I'm I am so, sure we are not. I'm so fucking jealous. I have owned Gloomhaven for like a year now, and I have played it twice. <laughs> <laughs> we want to play it tomorrow night? I we, want to. We can play that tomorrow night. We're having a bit of uh, this pre-recorded message that I'm going to attach to multiple episodes of future shows, and we'll have some real-world planning business, because I think there's a game night tomorrow night. You want to do that? I can't. I record. Oh, I'm sorry. I have, I have business to can, attend to, sir. Can I borrow your copy of Gloomhaven? No. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, find Total Party Kill at the One Shot YouTube channel, which I'm sure we're not on, so I don't even know what it is. Look it up. It's probably easy to find it, but it's called One Shot. TPK airs Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central Time at twitch.tv slash RPG. And, of course, I'm going to go ahead and mention this because Jeff's bad at selling our ads. We got uh, we got a link on our website, systemmasterypodcast.com, to drive through RPG. If you are going to buy RPGs anyway, because you're listening to this, and of course you're one of those people that likes weird, dumb RPGs and you want to read them, go ahead, go through our link on systemmasterypodcast.com, buy it through drive through RPG. It helps us out a little. Yeah, we it gives little, us a bit of a kickback. Yeah, we get a little chunk of that sale, so you can get a... I, I don't, yeah, just head through there. You can buy your thing, and we get a little money, and that'd yep. be nice. Helps the show. It's nice, and it doesn't cost you anything, so nope. fuck it. It doesn't add a price to anything, so do it. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> you uh, shit, you know, do you always, it. You always take it one step too I know, far. I always get real into it, and then I get demanding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting real coercive with my sales tactics. <laughs> I need to describe how this makes me feel using I statements. <laughs> John, I feel like you're overselling to me and the audience. Well, I feel like you're a bitch. <laughs> now click the link. <laughs> thank you. Uh, okay. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you real soon. Have a good week.